after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of After These Messages, where apparently I talk like a sheep. It's also where we talk about commercials, good ones, bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Do you know what's in your hoo-ha? I do. <laughs> My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. All right, this was your idea for the show today, Vives. We're talking about innovation. We're talking about companies who are always bragging about their new innovative products or new innovative ways of doing things, but I guess sometimes you just don't need to build a better razor blade. Or can of soup. Or can of soup. We don't have to we don't have to make every product ready for the digital age or it's it's such a buzzword. And yes, I do work in a uh, sort of marketing adjacent field, so maybe I'm more exposed to it than the average American, but I am sick and tired, frankly, of commercials and advertisers who are hanging all hanging their hat completely on this idea that they've innovated their product. It's such a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's do a show about innovation and I'll explain it as we go. <laughs> that sounds about as planned as we get. Um, also coming up on the show, for real, do you, do you know what's in your hoo-ha? Do you know what's in your hoo-ha? <laughs> If you're wondering what that little piece of tape is from, uh, that will all be revealed in our second segment today. And of course, third segment, as always, the Ad Council will be checking in with you guys, our Ad Council. Anything special today, these or just the usual special batch of special notes from special people? Just the usual amount of special. Okay, sounds good. Well, let's get into some innovation to begin with. At what point in a friendly competition does the mercy rule come into effect? Introducing Fusion Pro Glide, rebuilt with FlexBall technology, makes maximum contact over tricky contours and gets virtually every hair. New FlexBall for the Fusion Pro Glide. Gillette, the best a man can get. Genevieve, this, we've all been doing it wrong. This commercial we've is... We've all been... Sh- how have we survived this? I mean, as... Just like as a civilization, how have we gotten this far as a civilization shaving with razor blades that don't pivot on a 360 ball. <laughs> uh, if it works for a vacuum cleaner, let me quickly describe to the audience what they were hearing because there is a visual there that's kind of important. Um, all you see throughout that advertisement is two razor heads um, side by side, and they are up against this weird kind of gelatinous looking roller that's sort of like a weird sticky looking orange color. And this, the roller is is both rolling rolling forward and also um you know up like shifting or or swinging on an axis Mm -hmm. so it creates like a you know a sort of unpredictable or or moving surface and only the the razor that's on a 300 you know on on a round uh ball a flex ball yeah you're right it looks like one of those dyson vacuum cleaner balls yeah yeah um is the one that continuously makes contact But it's like I lo- it always makes me think of it always makes me think of um I think it's Harry's razors or one of those internet, you know, razor companies where you, you know, pay a little bit of money, a dollar shave club or whatever, where their ad campaign was Hey, dummy, your handsome ass grandfather mm-hmm. shaved with like one with a single blade all of his life. Like, what do you think you need that's so right, special? Right. And there was this New York um New York magazine article uh actually came out about two years ago 
when that ad first launched that totally nails what makes me so infuriated about that that ad and actually that I think um, is uh, there are a lot of culprits out there doing the same kind of thing. Um, they said that the razor represents everything terrible about America's mm. innovation economy. Um, basically, they're saying that this magazine article ar- ar- argues that, you know, uh, Gillette and Schick and these sort of like legacy mainstream razor companies are getting their lunch eaten by Dollar Shave Club and Harry's and all of these like sort of cheaper internet style mm-hmm. options. And so rather than lower their price and acknowledge that they're going to have to take a smaller price margin um, or actually or or sort of take a bite take a, a a page from Dollar Shave Club's book and actually do something that's more similar like where they mail out razors they have done these pointless innovations you know it went from two blades to three blades to six blades i mean you know the, how many you know the, the, an extra blade cuts off like less than a quarter of a human hair yeah, right. with each additional blade. But people keep buying these horribly expensive blades for no reason, for no additional utility, or they invent these hilariously complex and needlessly innovative uh, razors. And I think the, the razor, uh, razor wars are such a great example of how the innovation economy and the innovation, innovation as a marketing scheme has just gone completely effing bananas yeah and listen i think that we have to point out that yes part of this is competition from the the reaction let's call them the reactionary companies your dollar shave club your harry's razor stuff like that but they've been doing this long long before i remember i'm trying to think of the name of, uh, i use a gillette um oh, i wish i could remember the name of the actual uh uh razor blade i use because it's the one my dad used when i got to an age where i could start shaving i used his and then i started getting my own and it's been the same exact one ever since but that even has two razors in it now growing up my dad would have had one razor i can still practically remember the commercials for like the the blades i use have these little gel pads that you know you can remember the commercials back in the 90s the two blades cut and they lift and they cut and then the gel comes along and like i've been using those forever and then the two blades became three blades and i'm pretty sure that there is some sort of mad maxian 17 blade system out there i guess that would be the opposite of mad maxian actually it'd be more like uh I don't even know, but Mad Max, I guess, would be like, I guess, a sharp rock under a tree while somebody's a drinking Gattacan. gasoline. A yeah, Gattacan maybe Gattacan is, is a better one. So they've always been doing that. I do think that almost more than these commercials being a reaction to Dollar Shave Club and Harry's, I feel like Dollar Shave Club and Harry's is a reaction to these guys and their model of being like, we have this great new razor product for you. And guess what? It's only $9.99 for the razor. Yes, it's a million dollars per replaceable blade, yeah, so but don't much, worry, we have a payment plan. So much that now when you go into a, a drugstore, the razor blades are locked up behind glass yes. or like a padlock of some kind because they're so expensive. And it's right. true for it's just as true for women's razors. Um, I use whatever the Venus one is, and they right. keep making the razor head that fits on top of that thing like more and more elaborate and ridiculously right. expensive, and it's crazy. Now, I will say this. As somebody who works on another podcast that had a sponsorship with one of those razor companies. I don't right now, and I don't want people to think that like I'm just going to say whatever for an advertiser because clearly I really won't. There are a lot of good things about the company that we were doing advertising for. Like I really loved all the accoutrements that come with it. The like kind of face. I don't even know what they're called, but like face lotions and other things that I wouldn't even think about buying in the store, but they were coming in the mail to me. I really did like it. However. 
if there's a blind shave test between my Gillette 2 that I've been using for 20 years and the kind of blade that comes with these cheapo internet ones, I mean, it's a pretty big difference. At least I, I felt. Now, I'm a, I'm a bearded guy, so I'm mostly using a razor just to kind of clean up around some areas and stuff. But, you know, there's a pretty big difference. Yeah, there's a difference between the razor that I use on the daily and the razor that I have in my travel kit that's like a disposable. But in between those two... Or, or beyond a certain number of blades and a certain amount of uh, like gugas and bells and whistles, there just isn't an, there isn't that much difference. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And and again, I mean, the, the point of this is not to actually debate the product so much as the the way these commercials. I mean, this is as I was doing a lot of reading about a lot of these commercials coming up. It, it really is this sort of snake eating its tail when you're talking about innovation because it's almost like, well, we need to advertise and market our innovation, and and that innovation also goes to the way we're marketing the products, but also we need innovative products. And then so then your marketing department is saying we need to innovate more. Because we need to move more products. Okay, well, how do you how do you improve on this product we already have? You can't just keep things the way they are. People are always trying to make things yeah, better when I, they don't necessarily need to. Everyone's be. looking for a differentiator, right. and I, but I do think that the tail is wagging the dog on a lot of these yeah. things. Where it is, you know, we want our pitch to be differentiation. So give so differentiate us. Yeah. Now I'm now meaninglessly. I'm confu- now now I'm confused as to whether or not the tail is eating a snake or the the tail is. Or the snake is eating its tail. The tail is wagging the dog. Is the tail wag? Is a snake wagging the dog? The snake is wagging the dog. That's what I thought. Um, another uh, kind of set of commercials that I thought of, uh, although it's hard to kind of find a specific example, is um, uh, tennis shoe companies like any kind of athletic shoe whether it's a running shoe or especially a running shoe or a basketball shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one I found like the most kind of modern one I found. Um, is actually from Puma, and it's Usain Bolt, and I'm going to play a little bit of it, but it's just it's just music, and uh, I don't. Let's see, it's the, I believe it's the Puma Ignite is the tennis shoe here, and I think it's something like power in, power out, or energy in, energy out, and like they show the soul as Usain Bolt is running, they they do this microscopic zoom into the soul, and you see the science working in there, some sort of stupid animation that just looks like. I don't know. It looks like a Pixar cartoon or energy in more energy out. And basically it's kind of like, I guess it's going to add spring to your step. And they've been doing this forever as well. In my youth, I just remember like you have the, you have the shoes that are basically going to look like your regular basketball shoe, but then the commercial is really going to emphasize like the, the science and technology that went into this shoe, you know, makes you jump higher, run faster. Yeah. And then it must've been really frustrating uh, for the shoe industry when like, the sort of the barefoot running movement came oh, along, right. you know, yeah. with like the toe, those, those toe shoes and, uh, and this idea that our feet are acting, you know, there's like a sort of, it goes along with the paleo uh, lifestyle yeah. or whatever right. that like our feet are built to run right. as they are with their natural arch. So, adding a bunch of shoe to it is actually counterproductive. Right, yeah. I don't know that I buy into that and I'm not going to be running barefoot anytime soon, but the the sneaker industry has and the running shoe industry has invested so much in this idea that yeah like they can somehow put like you know almost like robotic or or some sort of orthotic uh you know aid on our feet if we just pay them enough right and this is where i think this particular show is um going to kind of uh, take a little bit of a different tone because as I was thinking about those commercials, we've been very serious so far talking about the razor blades and the innovation economy and all that shit. But then you start realizing, oh yeah, and some of these innovations are just 
stupid. Although I think these may have come back recently, but as I'm thinking about tennis shoe innovation, I remembered the Reebok pump of my youth. Flying from the top of the key is easy. It's the landings that kill your feet. That's why I fly with the pump from Reebok. When I pump up, my size 13s get support, protection, and a custom fit. So, Michael, my man, if you want to fly first class, pump up and air out. That's what? Dominique Will- Wilkins, a name that I don't recognize, not following uh, sport ball. But so when he says, hey, Michael, is, is that a direct? Uh, oh, yeah, that, that was a shot at Michael, Michael in the jo- air out, as in the oh, air Jordans. Oh, wow. Yeah, the first time I watched that, I didn't, I didn't even We should have done the- that in our, um, uh, no, what did we, we did a show called, uh, no, you shut up. I already forgot that show. Yeah, we t- we did a show oh, about that's like, right about a- a battling ad- or battling brands. Yeah, battling brands. Yeah, I, I we didn't we didn't catch that one, but that would have been a good that, fit. that would have been a good one. Anyway, yeah. So thinking back to the Reebok pump, which actually I, I use it as an example of how ridiculous some of this innovation gets. But I think that there isn't there another company that brought back the pump somewhat recently. If so, I haven't seen it. Although uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but I would guess that it would be more in in, in the vein of nostalgia, capitalizing on nostalgia. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. Like, was the pump a total just uh, fantasy that it made any difference to your to your comfort or your game? I mean, I don't. I really don't know. I I assume it is. It seems ridiculous. It was the subject of parodies on SNL and that kind of thing, but. Uh, yeah, I, it's that's exactly the kind of thing. And th- so this this innovation game has been played for a long time. Where this is not this is not the first time in advertising history that it's been, uh, you know, a, a marketing device. But I feel like right now the world has gone innovation crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody everywhere in every industry is hyper focused on this idea that we can innovate our way to success or out of trouble or through problems. Um, And I think that that has extended very much into consumer products and consumer product marketing. You know, I'm going to skip ahead because you you saying that reminds me so much of um, a a brand that I can't get enough of. As I was poking around the internet yesterday looking for um, examples of this, and again, this is a little bit of a a, a snake eating its tail or or snake wagging the dog sort of situation, um, is I found this quote from Campbell's Soup CEO, Denise Morrison, and she's at some conference, and she's talking about how her brand, a soup brand, you know, soup is, I mean, when you think about like hearty soups and stews, like it goes back, you know, Genevieve, it goes back to the days of Westeros. I mean, it's one of the oldest, it's one of the oldest foods our that culture and, That and lamprey pie. <laughs> right. No. But, you know, of course, it's one of the most basic old-fashioned foods that we can yes. possibly eat that has all kinds of uh, different vegetables and meats packed into it. But, you know, you're Campbell's, and you are the CEO of Campbell's, and you can't just be like, what do we serve? We sell cans of your soup. Board, your board of directors is not interested in, hey, dummies, it's soup. Right. It's good enough. So how are you going to innovate? You're not just going to come up with like new flavors and stuff. You got to think about the way people are eating soup these days. So she's on a, she's at a conference and she's talking about that. And she says, apparently she's wearing a, she's wearing to this conference where she's a keynote or maybe a panelist. She's wearing a, like a, a leopard print or I guess a cheetah print jacket shirt of some sort. And her quote is, look, I'm dressed like a cheetah. How many CEOs wear a cheetah jacket? But the cheetah is the speediest animal on the planet. It goes from zero to 62 in three seconds. Campbell's soup had to be faster at innovation. And we had to accelerate our innovation to about 15% of 
sales. First of all, somebody fact checked the zero to 62 on the cheetah thing. Secondly, like I wouldn't advise the cheetah print. Generally speaking, that's my own. That's just my taste. The saddest thing about this quote to me is that I can feel the media yes. training and the planning that went into that sound, it that sound bite. The, it was either written for her or it was clearly planned out in advance. Of course. Where, she, you know, one of the things that you tell people in media, in media training is, um, you know, have a memorable sound bite, have a memorable anecdote, uh, try to connect it to the personal, say something that isn't just the same old blah, blah. And in a way, she succeeded, but in a lot of other ways, <laughs> she did not succeed. Well, Campbell's, Soup, we've talked about this before, and a lot of people have probably seen these. They're in relatively heavy um, rotation. The Campbell's Soup Innovative Campaign is called the Real Real Life Campaign. And we've talked about this, I believe, in several different shows. There's uh, one where it's kind of real, real life because the woman has a job and the man is at home sick. And he's kind of like, are you going to make me soup? And she's like, no, I'm going to work. Like, make yourself your own Campbell's Soup. It's like... The advertising campaign is really kind of focused on real life families. There's a there's a gay couple in one of them. We talked about that in our Star Wars uh, show because there was a Star Wars line of soups that was part of their innovation too, is to get on the Star Wars train. By the way, that's really innovative. Oh, let's connect with the most popular brand on the planet. <laughs> you know, there there's some focus on Latino families. I was watching uh, one where a mom and her her little son is um, are, are shopping in the store, and the boys asking for the Star Wars um, soup. To like some guy who works there, but he's the kid's kind of got a thick accent, and the worker does, and so there's like kind of this quick moment of misunderstanding. And, you know, it, you know, they're kind of focusing on like we want to tap into what real America looks like now, which you know, hey, it is a more it is a more diverse audience these days. I have no problem with that, but I think it's when you get into the actual innovations of the soup itself. Like, where does that come in here? Well, their whole new thing is like K cup soup. You know what I mean? People yeah. are people are on the go more, and this is where I'm kind of gonna like get a little bit in my own head even more than usual maybe it's because like i don't know is it really the worst thing in the world like if you're running a company and you realize that right or wrong the american consumer is turning off of some certain foods because we don't live in a society anymore where you take the can of soup you open it up i mean it's so easy but then you put it in the you get a microwave safe bowl in the kitchen somewhere at work and then you put it in like or I can buy a few of these K-cups, throw them in my work bag, and then that's my lunch. And it lunch. works with the coffee maker. it works maker. with the, the, the Keurig coffee maker. Like, in a certain way, like, yeah, I mean, Campbell, you do have to kind of move with the times yeah, a little bit, right? No, I don't think innovation is a dirty word by itself. And I, 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 you know, I do think that we should be innovative and be thinking about using creativity and innovation to solve problems. I think a lot of these companies are solving for problems that don't exist. I actually think Campbell's, I, we kind of joked about soup as something that doesn't need a whole hell of a lot of innovation. You're right. The K-cup example is probably a good one, although I think K-cups come with a lot of problems. Right. Uh, you're right. It is, it's certainly a lot easier and less messy and uh, less labor-intensive to go to work with a soup K-cup that works in your coffee maker than a can of Campbell's mm-hmm. that you then have to somehow heat up in a microwave. Um, Some other small company comes along, starts doing that, starts eating Campbell's lunch, right. if you will. Like, that could be the story of just like, oh, these companies didn't adapt. Yeah, companies do need to adapt. They do need to innovate. But these companies, and this is something that this New York Magazine story uh, really kind of makes the point of, um, innovation is important. Innovation does need to happen. But a lot of our innovative energy and uh, brain power is going to, like, the Uber for 
whatever right, right, for right, sock right. buying, the Uber for, you know, pick your completely pointless, needless service. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the pointless innovation and the, the hanging of marketing campaigns on that pointless innovation. I think the razor is absolutely the best example mm-hmm. that kind of makes, makes me roll my eyes. Um, and, and I, you know, I think maybe soup isn't the best example of that. Like I can see the K cup example. Yeah. I've kind of come around when I was putting the show together yesterday, I was pretty mocking of this, but I'm like, well, here, can I play another ad? Do you mind? This, this is- one I do think is pointless innovation. Well, okay. So another one of the innovations of Campbell's soup wasn't just the K cup thing, but these like two go cups again, instead of having to open up a metal can and then pour the soup into a bowl that's microwave safe and everything. Now Campbell's sells these um, kind of cups of soup that are probably about the same amount, probably 12 ounces or something like that. But you don't have to add water or anything. Um, and it's plastic. It's microwave safe. And it's a smaller size so that you can kind of drink directly from the cup. And it fits into a usual car car holder. Or, you know it's what I mean? A, a drink holder in a car or something like hot- that cup of soup so here's their ad for this i mean there was another and this is where i'm kind of like i'm not necessarily against the products or i would make fun of this company if they didn't try to adapt with the time somewhat but like you know the ceo of the company had another really gaggy quote that i don't have right in front of me and she's like we have to innovate we put we sent our teams out on the streets they didn't want to come back they were hanging out with millennials and visiting pop-up restaurants i'm telling you i couldn't get them back at work it's like oh my god i'm sure you had so much fun hanging out with millennials that sounds amazing um well, here's one of those ads that clearly came back after hanging out with millennials. The the scene is um, a college campus. Clearly, there's a uh, there's a couple of college students sitting at a table near a window, and they're both they look kind of toasty indoors with their winter caps on, and, and they're holding their uh, to go mugs or cups of. Campbell's soup in this plastic container I just described to you, and they're both look very warm and enjoying their hearty snack. And then outside they're watching some guy trying to eat a candy bar or a granola bar or something. But he apparently left buried in the snow for an hour because it's it's hard as a rock. It's so cold out there. And these students inside are just like, that's, it's just, that's not the snack of our generation when it's cold outside. Let's take a listen. It's winter. Eat winter snacks. Freshman. Campbell's made for real, real life. The freshman is outside. He's like, at this point, he's banging his candy bar on he's the bike so rack, dumb. just trying just to get that it. He can't get it. Like rock hard candy bar. He just can't eat it. And inside, these these millennials are just. I mean, they know what's up. It's soup. That's what millennials <laughs> Don't want. Don't you think it's that real, the soup real eaters Genevieve. should be out in the cold with their hot soup? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, well, let's get it. Okay, let's let's. I want to get ridiculous. We are being way too serious here. Let's get ridiculous. Let's get. Let's say sandwich ridiculous. How about this? People have been making sandwiches for a really long time, and of course, even if you get into the fast food game, you're talking about Burger King. They they did the whole flame broiled thing a long time ago, which to me is less. That's less innovation than that's more Don Draper saying yours is toasted. Right. Right. Like Burger King, like I guess that was the seventies or eighties. I said, that's what distinguishes us. Well, now obviously there's a million different kinds of sandwich options, fast food options, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, uh, you know, Subway sandwiches, they do, they, their thing has been the bread for a long time, the special bread. Um, I guess Quiznos's thing is they toast all of their sandwiches, right? Isn't that Quiznos yeah, that I does that? Right. Um, but now <laughs> I love this. Jimmy John's ad. is like our delivery super fast, fast. Exactly. Well, this one I think is hilarious. Um, Subway sandwiches decided, you know what? We really need to advertise the idea of steaming food. Is it Subway or Firehouse? 
Oh, I thought it was su- Firehouse subs from uh, uh, from Subway. Oh, I. Oh, is Firehouse a totally different chain? I think so. Oh, look at me. Look what a good prepper I am for shows like Let this. Let us celebrate innovations that propel our species forward. The Crescent Wrench, the Chainsaw, the Labradoodle, and Steam. Steam, harnessed to liberate the flavor of premium carved turkey and cheddar cheese before a culinary coronation of peppercorn ranch and pepper bacon. Give a man meat, and he can make you a sandwich. Teach a man to use a steamer, and he can make you a sub fit for a firefighter. Firehouse sub. What could be more delicious than steamed meat? This is so brainwashed (laughs) I am, though. I am astounded. I've watched this thing a million times. Why did you think he was wearing a fireman's outfit? Well, because I thought that the, I thought it would, this is how brainwashed I am to thinking sandwich commercial must be Subway. I thought firehouse subs were a new type of sandwich from Subway that involves steam. And one of my making fun of points was going to be, why would you call it firehouse? Well, I've got a great reason for you, A. And B, uh, Subway, thanks you for your patronage. I know. It's like, wow. So I've never heard of firehouse subs before, have you? Well, that's what I was going to ask you if you'd ever had one, but I guess the answer is is a hard no. Well, maybe. Maybe I was in a firehouse. I was like, this Subway looks different. (laughs) I am such an idiot. Anyway, I still think, okay, all of my idiocy aside, I I assume the firehouse sub is is like a fast casual sandwich shop yeah. chain like subway and the fact that they are advertising steamed it's meat so gross. just like why how is that your differentiator i don't know and i think this is a great example of pointless innovation because steaming meat sounds horrific no, to me literally like sounds boiling like- turkey yes. i mean good god it sounds like either something horrible somebody would do to you on the playground or something really dirty people like we, to do during mommy and I daddy wish we had times. a clip of, of a principal Skinner saying I call hamburgers steamed hams <laughs> is that a real quote yeah. from Skinner anyway okay so let's keep moving on because I haven't even gotten to like the, the mother load of it, a ridiculous innovation ads now this is now we're getting pretty far away I think from the uh, from the Gillette Pro Glide uh, now we're getting into with, now with Flexball <laughs> now with Flexball um, will you call me Flexball the, the rest of the show do not taunt flexball <laughs> do not look directly at flexball children can tolerate many flexball. people can tolerate flexball we cannot get through a show without a, <laughs> a mr show reference all right let's talk about that was more of a happy fun ball callback which is snl oh you're right but by making that mistake i've made a mr show reference so we're back on track nice. you're welcome nice uh so okay the mother load as i was saying is beer ads yes. now this is truly the the height of pointless innovation purely for marketing. This sake. is so okay. Let's just let's just rattle through these really quickly. I'm going to play the I'm trying to think the best way to present these. Uh, let's see if they speak for themselves. First up, cores. You know, one problem is. I don't know if my beer is cold or not. And apparently <laughs> somebody has removed all the nerve endings from my fingers and I can't tell. This year we're launching the Coors Light Cold Certified Bottle. When the mountains change color, your beer is certified cold. I don't see any mountains. 
So when's the bottle change color? No, the label changes color. My beer has not changed color. When does the label turn into beer? I still don't see a mountain. I like it. No, the label changes color. There you go. It's the new Coors Light Gold Certified Bottle. When the mountain changes color, your beer is certified cold. Oh, that's what we know that the beer is cold when the mountains change color. And Got point it. Of order. This commercial doesn't even make sense. So, also, this would have been a good focus group ad. Yo, that's right. So, yeah, you want to describe what was happening in that scene? So, the woman who's speaking is explaining to a table full of sort of, like, pencil-pushing, nerd-looking white dudes that uh, the, the label will change color. And they're apparently just so dumb that they're either misunderstanding it or willfully misunderstanding it. <laughs> but what I don't understand is, so their label wasn't... Like the idea that they're willfully misunderstanding they're just they do, They're just doing it they to screw with her. so much. But like, did the beer get cold while it was sitting in their hands? It should be getting warmer if it's sitting oh, in their yeah, hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why, why did, did it, why did would it, it be, change on the screen as we were watching it? Well, she turns it around oh, and it I appears see. to change while they're looking at it, which makes zero sense, right. even within the universe of the product right. innovation. Right, yeah. And so there's a bunch of idiots that she's trying to... Um, I'm glad they're like, this beer is really for idiots. Right. This, this innovative new label is totally for morons. Okay, well, what about this one? Um, I, one thing for me when I'm drinking beer is, I, it's like from a bottle, like a traditional glass bottle, is some Sometimes the beer just comes straight down the neck. And really what you want it to do is you want it to spin around like a rifle, like a bullet going through a rifle. Yeah. And so finally Miller Lite decided to solve that problem. Here's a commercial and it's kind of a uh, antiques roadshow setup. This is quite a treasure. This wine decanter has grooves that create a vortex, which, what is that? This? Uh, the new Miller Lite vortex bottle. The craftsmanship, the grooves, where did you get it? The bar in the lobby? Fantastic. Next round's on me. The new Miller Lite Vortex bottle. It's specially designed grooves. Let that great Pilsner taste flow right out. Taste great. <laughs> so what is something like this worth? Well, nothing now. <laughs> Yeah, get a little confusing if if you don't see the video. It doesn't really matter. The guy dropped the other guy's wine decanter when he got all excited about the Miller Lite. Uh, or yeah, the it's Miller as Light meaningful bottle. as the innovative bottle. Right, exactly. Wait, can we just go back to the part though? What does the announcer say happens? I, I like it. That's the key. That's Vortex the innovation. Bottle. It's specially designed grooves. Let that great Pilsner taste flow right out. Oh, it lets the great Pilsner taste flow right out because the reason your beer wasn't tasting good was because it, it wasn't, wasn't spiraling around, and it has zero to do with the fact that it was Miller Lite. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like that is ridiculous and I agree that it is peak ridiculous innovation, but they did they even had an opportunity which they completely missed to tie it back to why the decanter has those grooves because wine actually does need to be aerated right, or yeah, you know it actually yeah, yeah. does affect the flavor. Um and I don't think that beer requires aeration. I certainly don't, I don't think, think Miller so. Lite requires it. But you could make the argument that it does. But instead, they just sort of punt on yeah. what the whole logic of it is. And they just like, go to great Pilsner taste. I mean, right. it's it's so infuriating because someone's full-time job, I assure you, was to sit around and think up a meaningless way to change the Miller Lite bottle so that they could make this commercial because that you want to talk about the tail wagging the dog right, right. that's the tail wagging this the dog this is the snake 
eating the dog. Oh my is, god! I think, I'm going to teach you the of. word Ouroboros. <laughs> Here's one that always bugged me long before I even drank beer. Um, I remember seeing these commercials when I was a kid. Now I just pulled one up here uh, at random. Actually, I haven't I haven't previewed this one, so let's hope the audio is okay. But there is a beer that I'm assuming they still make it that is mostly or maybe completely sold in cans, but it you know. Cans don't have that great bottle taste. So right. these are specially made cans that taste like bottles. Wouldn't be great if you invented magic recliners that took you anywhere? So you guys took a trip to the Keys for some boating, volleyball, and a little snorkeling. And wouldn't it be great? Okay, this ad makes absolutely no sense as far as the point I'm trying to make. That's why you shouldn't Google things on the fly. Uh, the one, there's a more modern one that I kind of don't like as much. I saw this yesterday, but I'll play it. But we're clearly talking about Keystone Light here. There's so many other problems with this. Right? right. Yeah, how are you? Good, good. good. And is it Margaret? Melissa. Right. You're much too pretty to be a Margaret. <laughs> Hi, I'm a Margaret. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, you know... Things don't always go down smoothly, but your beer should. With a specially lined can to seal in the taste, Keystone Light is always smooth, even when you're not... So that was two guys kind of um, in, a, in a grocery store or a convenience store buying their beer and, and blowing it with a woman. And there's a whole camp. That's why I kind of didn't want to play this more modern one, because there's a whole campaign of them. And my bigger concern is they're just sexist as hell. Like, I just think they're awful. I yeah. think they're awful. That one but was terrible. My po- and that's not the worst one. Uh, but my point with these are just the Keystone can, like the special lining. Like, honestly, like there's Did no they get special into that lining. In any commercial? He just, he just mentioned, the, the voiceover guy mentioned oh. it. I didn't have to play the whole thing. I couldn't find a really good example of like them kind of like really drilling down on the can. But that's always been the thing with Keystone Light is we have a special can so it'll taste like a bottle. Like, if you poured either one of those into a glass for me, like, I would not be able to tell which one came from a no, can. No, of course and not. Can. And it's like absolute swilled, you know, and I drink a lot of cheap beer. I'm not some beer snob, but the idea that there's a, you know, a, a measurable difference between Keystone and Miller High Life or whatever, you know, I mean, they're like, they're all kind of terrible. Yeah. I, I really, um, I'm now I just kind of want to rush through these because I really feel like I blew that Keystone one. God, I don't know what that first commercial I was playing from 1991 was all about. But um, that's been Keystone's thing for a while. Bud Light, I'm not going to play uh, the ad for you, but there. this is a relatively new one. I think this year or maybe late 2015, um, um, Bud Light had the right on label. R, I'm sorry, W-R-I-T-E, right on label. And I believe these were on bottles and cans where uh, the, the cans had a little blank space that was kind of made with some sort of material that if you took your key or a coin or something, you could kind of write on it. You didn't need a special pen, but you could maybe write your name like Andrew's Bud Light or right. whatever in the commercial I was going to play. There's not that great but of But you can audio. at least imagine a, you know, a use for that. We've all been at parties where there are 15 dead soldiers sitting around. You don't know which one is yours. That's true. This, this commercial doesn't really play on that. It's just kind of like a bunch of guys write invitations to their house party on it, and then they go around, and they have six cases worth, and that's how many people they Come invite on, to their like, party. You know that's um, not how it's getting used. Well, we know how this one is being used. Miller Lite, I don't think this one lasted long, and there were... what I found fewer commercials for this and more news stories about... <laughs> <laughs> from that's L- always a... <laughs> right troubling sign i am talking about the miller light punch top can the miller light punch top can crack it punch it let it flow 
However you punch it. It's Miller time. Huh. Notice they did not say, please drink, drink responsibly, because uh, for those who don't know what the punch top can is, or for those who actually don't even know what shotgunning beers are, first of all, good on you. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that you graduate with a really good degree and you are probably making a lot of money now as a doctor or a lawyer or something. Um, but for the rest of us, what shotgunning a beer used to mean is you would take the can, you would open it like you normally would, but then you would take your key or some knife or something and you would like pop an extra hole near the kind of... Uh, near the mouth of the can yeah, the way you have to in. when you open air. any can with a can opener or with right. a, and you have to kind of let in some air at the top to let it flow out quickly yeah so basically people and then and then kids would just like basically open up their throats put the can back and like the beer would just pour out really fast well miller light was kind of like hey Let's make it easier to do that. So they they created a special little hole that you could pop with your key, which, I mean, they're still using keys. I don't know what the point is. I guess it's just making it a little bit easier so that uh, people could shotgun beers. And, of course, a lot of people were just like, why is Miller Lite doing this thing? Kids in college have a drinking problem already. Why are we just selling cans of beer that are easier to shotgun? It kind of reminds me of the wide mouth can that they tried to – I don't remember which brand it was, but there was some beer company that did a – it had a – the, the regular opening that you open with, you know, with the tab, but instead of the normal shape of a beer, uh, you know, opening, tab, yeah. it was like slightly wider. And it, the ad, the advertisements were all about like the beer comes out faster. Like, I hate the, to do this to you. The problem is not that the beer isn't coming out fast enough, you guys. I hate to do this to you. But look at your beer can. That's actually become an industry standard. Is this a wide mouth beer can? That would have been a wide mouth beer can. You were drinking a, what is that, a Modelo right there? Yeah. Back in the day, that would have been a much now smaller it just looks little hole. Now to it's me. regular to us. Yeah. So that was a little learning moment. Yeah, well, I guess uh, some innovations stick. <laughs> my, my keystone embarrassment was way more I was noticing that um, this beer was coming out really fast. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So I blame the beer can, beer, to be honest Beer commercials you. have ton. Um, there are usually, I mean, do you want me to play? I don't think we have to. Yeah, well, this was kind of good audio. Titleist golf balls. I think a lot oh, of sporting I like, equipment. This one made is, me laugh because the tagline is so uh, ironic, in my opinion. Okay, let's take a listen to this. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I think a lot of like sports balls and stuff, but golf, I think especially. So this is You're for very Titleist. into the science of exactly. it. Exactly. Here's the, the next golf ball series. Your game matters. And this is innovation that matters. <laughs> the new Titleist NXT Tour redesigned for even longer distance. They show the core of the ball. And the new softer NXT Tour S. Two golf balls engineered for one purpose, lower scores. The new NXT Tour and NXT Tour S. Innovation that matters. Innovation that matters. Let me tell you what matters not at all. Your stupid golf game. <laughs> I could have sworn there was a car company that says innovation that matters. I'm I sure. I mean, up, car like, companies are are crazy with this stuff. And to some degree, innovation makes sense when you're talking about yeah. a, techn- a form of technology. Um, you know, I get it with car companies. Um, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about it, but I get it with a company like Dyson where innovation isn't their marketing strategy. It's their whole brand. I mean, right, they're, they're a company right. that invents things. You know, Miller isn't a company that's inventing anything. Mm-hmm. They What they're selling has been invented. It's going to stay invented. Mm-hmm. 
no, nothing that they do to their packaging or their labeling or whatever is fundamentally going to alter what they're selling. Or if they if they do fundamentally alter what they're selling, that's actually a form of innovation. Right. Messing, futzing around with your with your bottle or the size of the the hole that you drink your beer out of is pointless innovation and it's wasteful. Yeah. And I was thinking cars too. A lot of the car stuff is um, safety related. Like yeah. now, like back when, when I was growing up, all the innovations were about anti-lock brakes. I remember that was a very new thing. Sure. That was just kind of like, it was hard to kind of wrap your head around, but why would you want brakes that don't break as well? Well, you know, there's a science behind it. So the commercials tend to be very sciencey these days. There's all then now again, now there's all kinds of technology that I still don't understand about cars, which is like the car will kind of like sense if there's a kid with a ball about to jump in front of the street there's they're you know tricked out with sensors and uh cameras and stuff like that oh yeah most of the innovations with cars end up sticking i was reading a couple of articles trying to find out like dumb car innovations but they are ridiculous things like car commercials from the 60s that had record players yeah that probably worked really well um there was one that had some sort of a toaster oven in it there was some sort of table that you could attach to your drive to your steering wheel but the steering wheel would still move through it oh my god but you could set your beverages like in front of it or whatever but those were just like ridiculous sort of gimmicky yeah right uh, yeah I, no i think innovation for technology companies makes sense like i i considered pulling some of the ge ads where um mm. the they're running a campaign now where a software engineer has to explain to all of his parents and friends oh, how he God. works for ge even though he isn't those. a physically manufacturing something and right. apparently he lives in a clan of morons because right. obviously ge does things but i mean that you know but ge is a company that is built to innovate right. That's what they do. So I don't think I'm not I'm not take, I'm not here to take pot shots at innovation as a concept. Obviously, I want to you know 50 years ago, imagine you know it, it would have been hard to imagine the innovations that have changed our lives. And I think 50 years from now we'll look back at this as a dark age. But what what I find annoying and and worthy of discussion about ad campaigns and and commercials is when it does seem like it is. It's the it's the need to have an innovative feature that seems for a marketing uh, outcome that is driving the research and development. Right. Well, I I think that's a perfect uh, uh, bow on that conversation. If you're okay with that, and if you don't mind, I'd like to move on to a segment that I guess we can't call anything. But do you know what's in your hoo ha? Hmm. Seventh generation's feminine care products are free of perfumes, unnecessary chemicals, and chlorine processing. Why would I need any unnecessary chemicals on my tampon? I wouldn't. Who needs that stuff in their hoo-ha? Am I right, ladies? Is this thing on? Hey, Mr. Chemical, stay away from my vajayjay. Hey, Mr. Chemical, don't live atop my tampon. Cause it's a place where babies grow And everybody knows It's a sacred area of my lady by day With seven generation fam care You can keep it free and clear down there When I mean down there I'm speaking specifically of vaginas <laughs> Whether you're a lady who likes pads or a gal that likes tampons. You want a sensitive touch for your sensitive lady body. Cause lady's body should soar away on the wings and feel free. Who needs that shit in their lady bit? Who needs that shit in their lady bits? Not me. 
That's my vagina jingle, y'all. It's my vajingle. Ow! Do you know what's in your hoo-ha? I do. To find out, just call me. Or buy this stuff. Hashtag come clean. In your hoo-ha! <laughs> I don't know if you guys could recognize that voice, but that is Maya Rudolph, whom I... I thought I couldn't love her anymore. I know, right? I really thought I couldn't love her anymore, but turns out I love, there's no ceiling on that shit. I love how long it goes yes, on. Yes, yes. So that is a real... Now, I'm going to say that's a real commercial, but clearly that is not commercial length. That is a minute 40. So I don't know if they are cutting that down. That is for something, in case you couldn't tell, is for, um, uh, what is it, seventh... S- seventh generation, which is kind of an eco-friendly, chemical-free... Um, uh, cosmetics uh, feminine you know feminine care products and put I think together. they also I think they also do like uh, paper products like toilet oh, paper like and in paper towels too. and stuff. Yeah, yeah that rings a bell. Like no, no chemicals, basically. Uh, Seventy-two in sunny New York. Apparently, the creative behind it. Um, I don't really have a lot of context other than the fact that you sent this to me today. Well, I and I said th- there's enough that, to make that a B segment. I feel like. Yeah, I just want to thank Angie who sent it in to us on the Facebook page. Um, I think she said she saw it played all the way through on a uh, something she was watching online. So I, I expect that it's being. It's being distributed that way. Like if you mm-hmm. watch something, you know, via Hulu or, oh, or something right, like that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, because those can be odd lengths. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just fantastic. And I love, like, talk about innovative. Like, that's such a great thing. But you could, you really, you'd probably have a hard time selling that on network television, certainly on prime time, even now, even when, you know, sort of, I feel like standards have relaxed a little bit. Uh, it's it's fairly explicit. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I'm sure that it would a- attract some negative and some positive attention if it got super wide distribution. But I think if you can target your audience, if you know, for example, that like you know the watchers of Orange is the New Black are probably going to appreciate that commercial, you know, more than the watchers of um, you know whatever American, Marvel, oh, right, yeah. American Ninja Warrior. Right, I don't know. Yeah, pick, right. Take your pick. Yeah. Uh, like, it's also very, it's the type of thing that people will want to share, which is something that super like, shareable. Kind of a, yeah. I mean, something that comes up super constantly. Viral. And that's why it's interesting to talk about commercials these days is because you have to make something that people are seeking out your advertisement, which is something that is a little, a little bit new, I think. Um, by the way, just uh, according to this fast company blog, it says that it was directed by uh, Saturday night live alum, Matt Piedmont. That name does not ring a bell to me. It must've been maybe a director behind the scenes or guy, a writer, maybe, or maybe a writer. And apparently, um, Rudolph had appeared in, um, a, other commercials for the come clean series by seventh generation, uh, for like their household cleaning products. Now is that, that's kind of interesting. Huh? Like the, the, the um, principle, the unifying principle for seventh generation is the the eco-friendly part. I've never heard of like another like cleaning product company. Right, like or Tampax com- doesn't make paper towels. Right, exactly. And and Kleenex doesn't make tampons. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, but you know, you're right. Like they, it's it's all sort of like paper and textiles. Like why not? Makes sense. And if you don't want chemicals in your paper towels. Definitely don't want them in your hoo-ha. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. It's a good way to get into the Ad Council segment. What else have people been sending us? Well, we got some great feedback. Thank you, listeners. Um, listener Heather wrote in uh, in response to our segment on the Mr. Yuck uh, stickers oh, yeah. and song. 
Um, she writes, "When I was about four years, I was about four years old when I saw the Mr. Yuck ad. It terrified me, and hearing it again as a forty-two-year-old adult, it still creeps me out." <laughs> Side note. I am still not drinking household chemicals, playing with matches, or messing with electrical sockets. So thanks, Mr. Yuck, for the lasting lessons. Uh, I may have been terrified, but I lived. Woot! All so, right. So I'm glad that Mr. Yuck uh, did some good. You another badge, Mr. Yuck. You saved a life. You saved a life. Um, from listener Kara, uh, this is really good. This is kind of my... This is, this is I think, uh, more grist for, for our mill. Uh, this, she writes, this is another log on the hotly debated fire that is the KFC Colonel Sanders oh, campaign. Oh, God, we've really left that. I mean, there's been a lot of changes since this the last time we, we last talked about it. So if you can click on this link for me here, um, this is Daryl Hammond on a radio show with uh, some comedians I recognize, although I can't name them, and with Jim Gaffigan. And they just happen to be on this radio show together. They aren't, they aren't there to talk about the KFC stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hammond kind of lets it all hang out about how he how his relationship with KFC uh went how it went down when they uh, replaced him. So let's remind me it was Hammond the first because you and yeah. I speculated like crazy. Hammond suddenly, you know, KFC starts uh bringing out a, a Colonel Sanders character again and maybe this is about a year ago, maybe a little bit more. And it's played by a well-known person, Daryl Hammond. And we're right. all like, "Oh, that's crazy." Like because it was unclear if it was kind of like it almost seemed like they were making fun of the Colonel Sanders character a little bit but owning it and it was weird. And it was just like kind of a a, a a strange campaign for a company that doesn't really like kind of do weird ads or whatever but then he leaves almost immediately and i'm actually talking through this because i don't remember like he leaves immediately and then who norm re- mcdonald norm mcdonald replaces him and then norm mcdonald's replaced by jim gaffigan yes and, and there jim were gaffigan even rumors the latest one that it would that the next person would be a black actor and i can't remember which actor yeah. might have been steve harvey I, might be I, can't, I don't think it was Harvey. But I think it was a. Uh, I thought it was a younger guy, but anyway, I can't remember. Anyway, it's not important. And so, but we had these ongoing debates about whether or not did Daryl Hammond not work out, so they ended up pulling the the pulling the plug on him and making a change. Or from the very beginning, did they say we're going to get people talking by changing these actors up like really quickly? Well, and, I'm going to have you play this okay. this kind of this whole thing because it's a little bit long, but it, he really goes into. Um, what happened, and it's really interesting that he goes into it while Gaffigan's sitting next to him, who was the current actor. Okay, and Gaffigan is still doing it? As far as I know. Although, you know, I, I say that they have sort of switched to a campaign where no one plays the colonel. So I'm not 100% sure that they're filming any new Gaffigan ones. Uh, and he's all over the place doing ads now. But uh, I have they haven't replaced him with anyone else, at least. Mm, oh, God. As much as I hate to give these assholes credit, this is from the Opie and Jim Norton show. Oh, that makes sense. Right, yeah. Stay as long as Unless yeah. you don't like Gaffigan. Then, then, I love the guy. All right. Then you stay. Be funny if they had a violent beef from you. <laughs> right, I, know, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Two nicest guys in a fucking yeah, Exactly. <laughs> but this is a major issue. Yeah. Yeah. White mm. bread on white bread. Crime. <laughs> we have there to you stop go, it. I, uh, it. Ever I, since the Colonel thing, you know. Oh my God! That's right. All right. It's a big Holy grudge. shit! We got <laughs> we got both. Daryl doesn't even know. Yes, Daryl's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know what you're talking about. Colonel Sanders. I play Colonel Sanders. He's the new. Oh. You were the first. How do you one? like doing that? Who's replacing you? I don't know. I think uh, Cindy Crawford. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Going in that a was the weirdest direction. thing. I mean, they built me up. 
to do that, and then they're like, and f- now five other people are going to do it. And I'm like, you could have told me that. I mean, oh, they oh, didn't know. I still would have done the job, but right. it'd be nice, you know, that I didn't spend time with the Sanders family, right? You know, and, and get me all into this. And oh, then, you did spend time. Oh, with yeah. Family? Oh wow! Yeah, it was like this whole thing. They turned it into a religious experience, you know. And then one day I get the call, and five other people are going to do them now later. I thought you could have just told me that. What? You think they changed their mind somewhere in there? I don't know. I felt like I could have did. A, they, I'd heard sales were up. I mean, and you know, it was going well and all of that. Right. I mean, you know, I love Norm McDonald. I'm very fond of Mr. Gaffigan. I mean, I haven't spent that much time with you, but I, I'm very fond of you. We and made I, love. I, exactly. Both internal. It would have been nice to know that. You know. We oh, that's him. really interesting because it was presented to me as this short run thing. No. Like six, I think my contract was. Five or six months. You knew it was a running gag. I totally. Yeah, well, right. by then I had seen. You didn't, meet, you didn't meet the family. Like uh, I didn't meet the family. <laughs> like no. Darryl, oh, they sent him yeah, a fucking I mean, chicken. Up, there tears. <laughs> you know, I'm at Anaheim Stadium. They come up. They have tears in their eyes. And you brought. You know, he's alive again. Kind of. You know, thing. He should just tell me. Like, you know, this is an assembly line. Yeah. This is yeah. capitalism. Right. This is Americana. Next. That's why All they were right? crying. I gotta pause this for a second. Who sent this in? Uh, listener Kara. Kara, God bless you. This I know, is the right? most fast. Us playing somebody else's radio show is the most fascinating thing we've ever done in this podcast. But it's this so is relevant. Amazing. This is we had debated this yeah. hotly. I mean, I went on these. You and I went on these long, weird debates, and I even edited some out. <laughs> <laughs> but they were still insufferable. <laughs> like I can't believe it. And like now we're really hearing how it went down. Although there's still okay. I'll just there's about and a Hammond minute left. Hammond seems legit pissed. Yes. Okay. I've, okay. Can keep going on this. Or yeah. It, no, it looks like keep, there's about a minute left. Or yeah. So. I know it's long, but honestly, no, I think it's is, all interesting. No, this is great. We got to do this more. We got to play other people's radio yeah. shows in our podcast more. I don't know why we did not think of this before. Assembly line. Yeah. This is yeah. capitalism. Right. This is Americana. Next, that's why they were crying. They're like, "We're gonna miss you." Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, "Wow, this is really deep," you know. And I talked to them and all that, and then the, you know, but you know, I mean, you're a little told me you're a little bothered by this, a little bit. I am, yeah. Betrayed. We got two colonels. Not betrayed. I'm just really upset that someone didn't tell me that. (laughs) Sure, you know. To build me up is like you're going to bring back the colonel. He's an American icon. He's important to Americans and blah blah. You know all that. And then and there's five others. Yeah, you could have told me, right, Jim? They asked me to play the colonel, but it was the one from Boogie Nights. Different. Jesus Christ! (laughs) I got to pause. I know the worst part is um, uh, opening Jim Norton. Yeah, I mean here here's the thing about I was about to like on this whole thing about like this is why I like radio like this. Like they fell ass backwards into this conversation and these types of shows shows with this kind of format give room for that you would never have a reveal like this on public radio because you would have gone through a million my background is public radio that's why i'm kind of kicking them right now is because this would have gone through like a million different edits and like before the guest was even on and like can we ask this and all this stuff and it's like they didn't even know it's just like yeah we have two comedians they're in here and then somebody makes a joke and all of a sudden we're into some real shit I don't know if you can tell at the beginning, but the first thing that you hear on the tape is, oh, hey, Daryl, do you want to stay in while Gaffigan's right, on? Yeah. He wasn't even necessarily scheduled to be just in the, the room. Just the next guest, yeah. He just stayed. Or, or I mean, the first guest. He's just yeah. the first guest who kind of stays on. I think what's so interesting, and of course, we'll post this to the Facebook, is I think Gaffigan handles himself very well. He doesn't like freak out or, or look uh, too upset. 
But I think he feels awkward. I think he was somewhat blindsided himself by Daryl Hammond's seriousness and, yeah. and serious amount of peak yeah. at what happened. Well, I find it really fascinating. And Daryl is doing a pretty good job of not making it sound like um, – you know, it's Gaffigan's no, fault I know, or anything but, like that. But, but it's a real it's an moment. Awkward of, moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, and note that he says there are five, so we've seen three. Oh, good point. That is, oh, that is a good point. And but, well, let me play it because there's still one big question anyway. But the reason I pause it though is, even though I love this style of radio, and it's great that they leave room for stuff like this to happen, which is radio magic. Of course. Opian, uh, Opian, what's his Norton, name? Norton, Norton are just like awful. They don't know what to do with real moments, yeah. so they're just trying to bro down and joke over top of it. Like you have a like just a really breathe. funny guy in here who is also like being real. Like stern it up a little bit. Like get into the realness. Anyway, let's go. It's different scenario. Maybe they bring That's it back, Daryl, to bring uh, it all back around. Um, you know, that's that, that was the last time I get emotionally invested in my work. I'll tell you that right wow. now. That was real. I, f- I was, I felt like a fool. No, I don't think you should. I thought you did an amazing. Well, I th- thank you. And I think yeah. you too. But he I didn't mean, even when know you, when you play me like that. Right. You know, when you strum the violin and send me books on the colonel and send me memorabilia oh, wow. and I'm going to go to his office and I'm going to go to the, their ha- mansion. When you play me like that, you know, when all along you knew what was coming, I, I don't see the point in it. Okay, wow. I'm, I'm going to say that. I don't think that, see, I think that's the thing that Hammond is either not saying or as, as you might say is willfully ignoring here is it sounds like they had a dream and it's probably somebody very powerful in that company and somebody with the Sanders family had this idea of bringing back Sanders and their goals and their asp- their aspirations for what Hammond was going to do to the brand and to the icon were so high and also it's such a weird idea because he's also strange and goofy he's a comedian I think that one of the people was like, this is not working for me. This is actually maybe too – well, they're still silly, so I don't know. But I think that they got rid of him by saying, oh, you were just part one. Like he's not saying that. I find it hard to believe that as an intelligent man, he doesn't realize that that's probably what happened here. I, I think the mystery continues, to be honest with you. I just don't think that was if it? they knew right away that they were going to do five people. And we've heard from Gaffigan that like he wasn't indoctrinated in the same way. Like They were giving it all to Hammond. They were just had these ridiculous ideas, and it they didn't lend, hand out. Yeah, and it does so lend credence changed, to, that yeah. Philo- to that theory that, that it, originally it started out as kind of a um, – serious to some degree uh, kind of resurrection of the colonel as a live being and then someone you know called a halt to it yeah. and it was getting some weird press I don't know I mean I would I like stay tuned send us in anything like this that shows up this was up. amazing this, this was, was amazing. just so great thank you listener yeah Karen. that was really interesting we're kind of we're kind of running along here and how many more do we have here um what do we have what else do we have Get here a couple more um, yeah, a couple more. Let me, well, maybe I'll just do, um, this one is funny. Okay. Let's do this one. All right. All There's right. not a lot of audio to this one, but, um, uh, oh, actually, let me, let me just quickly read this one. This, okay. is, this is from listener Ben. Uh, he said, when you were talking about the feedback, uh, when you're talking on the feedback show about office space commercials, um, I thought of this one when it's literally an office space movie commercial that aired all the time back in uh, 2005 on Adult Swim and similar programming. So what this is, is if you've seen Office Space the movie, you'll recognize the audio immediately. Um, 
it's the scene uh, where uh, Peter has has thrown off the shackles of the corp his corporate overlords and is telling um, uh, Lumberg, Lumberg not you know Lumberg, where to get yeah. off. And in the real movie, he's playing I think Tetris or something. But what they show you on his screen in this version is World of Warcraft. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you play? <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. So, Peter, what's happening? Now, are you going to go ahead and have those TPS reports for us this afternoon? No. In fact, look, I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and just come back another time. I got a meeting with the Bobs in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Somewhere else you'd rather be? Join over 7 million players. All right, right that's really cool. Yeah, because they just take the scene from the movie. And, of course, he's just playing Tetris, so he's leaning back in his chair just playing Tetris with one hand. Yeah. Only what we see on his old-fashioned computer is like a really involved game of World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. That's a great, great idea. Uh, So thank you, listener Ben. Uh, And then I'll just do one more, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Linda sent this in, um, and she just writes... What is happening here? Um, and I would agree. Everyone is confused by this commercial on the on the YouTube comments. So I, I don't think there's any any appreciable audio in this one. So okay. I'll just I'll just describe it. You can kind of hear the music, but there's a woman who appears to be, I guess, middle aged at driving. She's next to a younger man who looks at a photo of a wedding on his phone. When she sees the photo, she turns up the music. The older man behind her, um, who seems to be much older, takes his takes a wedding ring off and kind of looks at it meditatively and looks out the window. And we pan back, and the the Volvo is driving down kind of a, a desolate, or kind of d- beautiful, kind scen- of almost scenic California, scenic California road. highway. Yeah, yeah. Here's my question. So he's the... Who are these... How are these people... What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? Okay, the, what a, couple the hell? Of, a couple of notes here, because I, I, this is the first time seeing it. Um, Tell me the story of this commercial. I want to say, okay, so the woman who's driving, maybe middle-aged, middle-aged, maybe younger than that. The guy maybe... Yeah, she's to, very attractive, and she's yeah. like sort of a... She's got kind of like an, a, an ageless quality. Yes. Now, the guy who I assume is in the passenger seat, yeah, we see that he's got a pretty professional-looking camera, though. Right. So I don't think this is a wedding guest. He must be the um, wedding photographer. And as we're looking at the close-up of him scrolling through the photos that he took that day, we see a photo of the old man who's in the back. He's got to be the, the father of the bride, who's right? He's got to be the father of the bride. And also, he kind of looks a little bit, for just for a visual for people, he looks a little bit like the most interesting man in the world. Well, he's kind of an older, bearded, bearded white-haired guy. Yeah, and so, okay, so the guy is flipping through his pictures. There's also another man in the back. Who has no role. Young, who has no role. He's a younger guy. So are the and then they're all just sharing these kind of knowing glances. The woman turns on the music, like you said, and then it's clearly some song that has meaning to the right, old guy. And the old guy is looking. Oh, okay. He looks at the ring, oh, and, then and then he reaches forward and puts his hand on the shoulder of the woman driving. So that right. must be his daughter. So is he the father of the bride, and his daughter, who is the sister of the bride, is driving them? home from the wedding why are they driving the 
wedding photographer around. That doesn't make any sense. Could it just be, maybe it's not, I mean, it looks like it had a special eyepiece. I really want to say that they're kind of trying to like show us that this is the wedding photographer, but maybe it's just people have fancy cameras I think people just have fancy cameras. But I have fancy cameras. The photographer, camera guy is also, not that this necessarily matters, He's he also seems to be a different ethnicity from the other people in the car. Um, So it suggests to me that he's not their blood relation. Oh, we got this is the new. This and then, is the new. And then we solve of, one mystery and then another one pops up. I know. Up. Somebody tell us the story. Ad Council, I'll post this to the Facebook page. Tell me the story of this commercial because I don't I oh don't my understand. God, this is it. amazing. I, we got to read some of these comments. I know we got to wrap up. We got to read some of these comments. Um, uh, uh, Galva777TX says The marketing firm who came up with this commercial needs to be fired for this confusing campaign. Side note, cool song, and that dude has a cool beard. Uh, let's see. A lot of people want to know what the song is. Um, uh, Michael Cody, 14 hours ago, posted The front passenger is holding a camera that is potentially worth a third to half the price of that so car. So it is a fancy camera. Why? And then uh, more people questioning what the song is. Uh, Jim S. says, I was going to buy a Volvo, but now they're idiots. So, grammar, Jim S. Uh, Well, it's the sound system. The fact that there is no outside noise. Car manufacturers are increasingly competing with each other uh, regarding the latter. So, maybe it has something to do with, like, I don't know, the the shutting off the... um, this is me trying to understand that comment, but the shutting off of the outside noises. Anyway, <laughs> I like this one. They just left the Shire after swiping the ring from Frodo. They are driving to see Sauron, no doubt. And when I saw that ring, I thought of Lord of the Rings as well. Anyway, this is ridiculous. The ad, I feel like uh, I'm going to look around. I'm going to remind me next week. I need to do some research on this. There must be yeah. some post somewhere. It's a cipher, somebody right? like we got to figure out who made this ad. I don't give a shit if I have to get the people behind this ad on the show. Like we we got to figure this out. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, Veeves. That's a show. Let's call it a show. Uh, if you guys want to send us some uh, emails, go to uh, after these messages show at gmail.com. Facebook, same deal. After these messages show on Facebook. I feel like I kind of uh, sort of purposely did less describing of the ads this week. I don't know if that worked or not, but either way, you will post all of the ads, Genevieve, right? To yep. the Facebook page so people can uh, check out the visuals to go along with that. Also, I feel like, I don't know, with the tennis shoes and maybe some ridiculous car stuff, I just have this weird, itchy feeling like I've missed some really good innovation commercials I've probably yeah, seen a million times. So please send them our way. You can also leave us a voicemail, 607 444 5597 That's all I got. You got anything else, Genevieve? Let's wrap it up. All right, guys. Talk to you next Tuesday. Anything. Oh, iTunes reviews. Give us some of those. You can sell anything.